welcome all of you. Happy New Year. In spite of everything that is going on, I wasn't here last weekend. And so uh, my heart was yearning to be here with all of you. I was away. Uh, I was in another church, and I was looking at the cameras. I was looking what was going on over here. I was looking. Uh, afterwards, I, I went and I listened to the wonderful message uh, Pastor Vidalis preached. So I know God was here and was with us over there, too. So um, like I said, I'm so happy to be here uh, so much so that I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning this morning because I wanted to make sure to be here on time. So I know you, probably you did the same, right? <laughs> 5 o'clock in the morning, up and, and ready to be here. Praise God for his work and those wonderful um, worship songs that we sing because I hope you pay attention to those lyrics. Those are very challenging songs, and you better pay attention to the word because when we say those things, believe me, God is going to do it. God is going to do it. Amen? So I'm going to go straight to the uh, reading that I have prepared for this morning that I, I know and I trust that God put in my heart to share with all of you as we continue with this uh, time of epiphany, uh, the revelation of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to uh, start reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 41 to 51 is going to be there um, on, your, on the screens. And the Word of God reads in this way, Every year... Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, courts sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed of his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He answered. He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I could go in many directions with this passage. But 
I want to ask you, what is your first impression when you hear this? I don't know if this is the first time you hear this, this passage. I'm, I'm assuming it's not. But what is your first impression when you read this passage? I see some people smiling, so probably they're like me. So I'm thinking, how in the world these parents travel with his kid, without his kid, for a day and not knowing? I remember one time um, my dad hid me in the car and we took off. Well, of course, we, we kind of planned that and my mom was like freaking out. And of course, for my dad and me, it was funny, but for my mom, it wasn't. Um, but that was something uh, that I treasure in my, in my memories of something fun that we did with my dad. So anyway... When you, when you read these, like I said, you, you kind of tend to think, what, what, what happened? Why were they not paying attention? And customary in that time, it was required for every male Jew to go back to Jerusalem at least three times a year for three different festivities. Now, this was the Passover, which was the, it is kind of like the most important. So every Jew male with his family will do an effort to go to Jerusalem and celebrate. And so on the way back, it was customary that the, the, the woman with, women with younger children will walk in the front of the procession and men will stay a little bit behind making sure everybody uh, was on the way with the older um, children. So it was probably kind of normal that Joseph's thought that Jesus was with his mom, and his mom was thinking, well, he's probably with his dad. So after a while, they get together and like, okay, so where is he? And they start looking among their friends and, and family, and they don't have all the choice, then go back and look for him. He's about 12 years old, which is according to the custom at the age that they became son of the sons of the law, meaning he is uh, like uh, out of age. Now he's, not, he's no longer a child. But because he's just right there, it was normal that they might um, got a little confused. Now it calls my attention that it says that although they didn't understand, Jesus respond, his mom treasure all this thing in her heart. There's a lot of things we don't know about this journey. As a matter of fact, it's the only passage that we have about Jesus' life between his birth and his ministry here on earth. And so, like I said, it, it calls my attention that, that it says that Mary carried all these things in her heart. And because we don't know a lot of things of the journey, in the same way there's a lot of things that people don't know about our own journeys, about your personal journeys. And so I would like to challenge you that don't allow people's assumptions determine your motives when they don't know the full story of your life. Don't let those assumptions determine your identity. It's interesting, like I said, that we... Uh, Talk about being a child of God because that's kind of like the focus that I'm, I'm going to take this morning. I want to focus on that verse 49 when Jesus responds to the parents' um, claim, why have you treated us like this? And Jesus responds, why 
were you searching for me? Why were you doing that? It's almost like he's saying, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what is the purpose that I have? So it speaks out of his own identity and speaks about his purpose. So let me ask you this morning, what is your expectation today? I hope you brought one. If you didn't, you're going to come in through those doors and, and you're going to go back home the same way you came. But if you have an expectation, you're not going to hear it from me. I hope you hear it from God. Amen? Somebody told me this morning, I'm kind of slow learning. I said, well, guess what? I'm kind of like that too. We, hear, we, we read every time we read the story of the people of God. It says, we're going to do exactly what you said, Lord. And then they turn and they do exactly what they want, right? Sometimes we're kind of like that. That's why our identity is a foundational element in our lives so that we can discover what is our purpose in life. How can we know our purpose if we don't know who we are? In the same way, like I said, your personal expectation is linked of what we're doing here today. If you brought your expectation, if you have an expectation, that's why you're here today. Or you're here just because it's Sunday morning and that's what we do Sunday morning. No expectation. One of our issues I've encountered through my short experience, of course, in life, uh, is that there is kind of like an unspoken dichotomy between sacred and secular. And because and when we come to church, we wear our, our hat of church. When we go out, we take it off and we live in our secular world. Some of you know, some of you may not know, I am an indoor cycling instructor. And so I do that as a hobby. I, li I like being on a bike. But I'm also one of your pastors over here. And so whether I'm wearing my robe, wearing, I'm wearing uh, sports clothes, I am who I am. There is no way that I can separate that. I hope you know and understand that. Because once we have been known by the people, there's only one identity we can portray. And I hope that identity is one that is loving. No matter what, no questions asked. We love first. Isn't that what we say over here? It's one that is joyful in spite of their circumstances. My joy is with me all the time. I can be sad. I can go through, through troubles once in a while. But I remain joyful. Also, I am a peacemaker. If I don't get my will, I'm still at peace. If I just want my will... I'm no longer a peacemaker. I am tolerant. I am kind. I'm good. I'm faithful. I'm gent I am gentle. I'm, I am self-control. I hope that's the way that you see me. And that's the way I want to see each one of you. 
That's the, that's the ultimate goal that we, all of us, should behave. Because the next verse is not there. It says, all who belongs to Christ, this is the way in which we should behave. Again, talking about our, our own identity. That is who we are. If we know who we are, then the purpose of our, of our lives, it's easy. I don't need to know everything that you're going through. But you know, sometimes I've given somebody a hug. I don't know what they're going through. And they say, man, you don't know how much I needed that. I don't need to know. But I know that I need to be a loving person. So I'm, this morning, I'm just here to reiterate concepts or things that you already know. I just want to remind you of that. Because like I said, um, we tend to forget. And so it's good to repeat over and over. Isn't that what we do at school, teachers? Amen? We repeat once and we repeat over. And when we forget, we repeat again. And so by do, in order to do that... Uh, I want to share some verses with you. But the reason I want to do that is because I've entitled this message, Stay the Course. Stay the Course. That is a context, it's a concept that regardless of the context in which you are, it actually pushes us to pursue a goal regardless of any obstacle or criticism. Regardless of the things that distract us, of the things that, are, that, that take away our focus, we need to stay the course. Now, not based on stubbornness. I'm not trying to make you a stubborn person. I am trying to do this based on divine wisdom. And so, like I said, by doing, in order to do that, I want to share some verses that have been instrumental in my life to stay the course. The first one, Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. Commit everything you do to the Lord. It is a new year, so of course it's in our minds what is going to happen during this year. We don't know. Especially now, there are some challenges there's some new journeys. Some of them might be painful. Some of them will be painful. Some of them will be joyful. But if we trust God, He will help us. I remember when I was moving to this country. It wasn't an easy thing to do. I was taking my family away from their family, from our family. We were leaving what we knew to come to the unknown. Different language, different costumes, different people, different things. I'm certainly not putting shots on anybody, feeling teeth, pulling teeth out now, although sometimes it feels like it, right? We trust the Lord. We trust him. 
Because when we learn how to trust, then it doesn't matter if the things turn the way we want it or not. Or not. Like I said, we can keep our joy. We remain strong in him. Verse number two, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I remain strong, not on my own ability, but in what God is doing in my life. I remain joyful. Like I said, don't confuse being happy with being joyful. We, happiness, we have moments of happiness in life. I remember the day that my daughters came through the OR door. Like if it was yesterday, almost 23 years ago. And I have that moment engraved in my mind. That was a happy moment. But I remain joyful in my entire life. Even when things are not the way I plan. Because the knowledge of God keeps me grounded. That's where my strength is. And only, be, only when I can trust God, only when I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength, then I, this next verse makes sense because we walk by faith and not by sight. Things that we see, that we think they mean what they mean, they may not be what they are. So that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm not talking about an irrational and irresponsible behavior. I'm not asking you to say, well, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm just going to trust the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. No, I'm not doing that. I am talking about a style of life that is based in knowing who God is in our lives. It is when we know that, that our lives make sense, that we, became, that we have purpose, that we know who we are. Knowing God. And when we lined up all those verses, when we know them as a head knowledge, but they have been able to do the travel from our head to our heart, meaning we know that we know that we know, then we understand Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. And what? Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and what? In a future. Do you know your future? If you do, let me know. I don't know mine. He knows the future. There is a story about these... Uh, man who was once uh, supervising a construction site. And as he was walking on the site, he saw a brick mason on his uh, workstation. And this man, closer to us, and he asked, what are you doing? He looked at him, he cleaned his forehead of his sweat, and he said, I am laying bricks. Of course, he didn't say it, but by his look, he kind of said, I mean, don't you look what I'm doing? Isn't that obvious? So the man continued to walk, and he found another brick mason, and he asked the same question. Now, this time, he got a very different answer. He looked square in his eyes, and he said, Sir, I am building a cathedral. 
I am building a cathedral. Same question, same job, two radically different perspectives. The point is, if two brick masons can build a cathedral lying a brick, we can build the kingdom of God one brick at a, at a time. Only when we know our, identity, our, our own identity, only when we become the church, not when we come to church on Sunday morning. It's when that becomes our identity. When we understand and know the plans that he has for us. I hope I am not just simply tossing words to the air. I hope that we're not just singing songs because they sound nice. I hope that we are building the kingdom one brick at a time. We still have a significant prison ministry that we develop over here. We still feed the hungry every week. You seen those carts empty over there? The reason that we, they are empty is because we have loose focus of what is important, of the things that we do. We still teach our children, we, we disciple our youth one day at a time, one meeting at a time, one visit at a time, one meal at a time. We display our identity. Like I said, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds our future. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We do what we do in response to understand who God is in our lives. Who God is doing in our church. We stay the course with the same conviction. We need to continue building his kingdom one brick at a time. We can't just lay the whole wall at once. We do it one brick at a time. Remaining focused, staying in the course, with our gaze on what is important, not on the things on the side. We remain focused.